Hey everyone, John Clare here, and welcome to the EvoFi podcast, a finance podcast for humans. How's everyone doing out there? I hope all is well. On this episode, we delve into the world of Medicare and all of the options that go with that. From Part A, B, C, D, supplements, Medicare Advantage, all of that, you name it, we cover it. And I think you'll find it quite enlightening. Definitely one of our best episodes in terms of content, for sure. Uh, Today we welcome Medicare insurance expert Brian Gay, owner of Boomer Insurance Group. For over 16 years, Brian has assisted more than 6,000 clients easily understand the complex world of Medicare. I think you'll see what I mean after you listen to this episode. We've got the full EvoFi team here in the studio, myself, Dave O'Brien, and Penny Lowbread. If you're not already a subscriber, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a rating. That'll certainly help us. We love feedback and questions, so drop us a line at evofipodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram at evofipodcast. And I should say this particular episode was a listener request, so keep them coming and we'll try and do more of that. Now, remember our good old-fashioned disclaimer that I have to say every time? Well, here goes another time. This podcast is 100% free of any tax, legal, or investment advice. Our goal here is education and a little fun. If you need advice in any of the areas mentioned, tailored to your specific circumstances, feel free to give us a call and we'll see how we can help. With that said, here's the EvoFi team talking with Brian Gay of Boomer Insurance Group. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to the EvoFi podcast, a finance podcast for humans. Today, we are lucky enough to have Brian Gay, owner of Boomer Insurance Group, to talk about healthcare options, Medicare age, 65 and beyond, as folks who are already there know that it is a quite a maze of uh, options and choices to be made, and those who are approaching may or may not know that. So we're lucky to have Brian with us today. Welcome, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, also got Dave O'Brien, our my business partner, and Penny Lowbread is here as well. Welcome to all you guys out there and gals. Hi. What's new with you guys before we dive in? Anything new that you guys want to talk about? Neither of us are getting ready to apply for Medicare. Not yet. It's going to be, be a long time. Close. Dave will be first, however. For, really? For everyone's name. <laughs> well, we did have someone in our office that just recently applied. I may have to introduce him to Brian after this. I would love to hear what he has. We'll be able to hear all the things we did wrong. That's right. And by the way, we have a new member of the EvoFi team, Mariami Pierce, who is producing this episode today. So any questions or comments you have for us, Mariami would be happy to address them later. We won't put her on mic, though. All right. So, Brian, tell us, uh, before we dive in, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and, uh, and your business. Okay. Well, uh, so I own a company called Boomer Insurance Group, and the only single line of business that we deal with is Medicare, uh, Medicare insurance, Medicare planning. The issue that I see a lot of times is people dabble in Medicare or they'll dabble in a lot of different insurances and they're not really an expert, which is unfortunate because Medicare is pretty complex when it comes down to you know the individual and what they actually need. So that's all I deal with and have dealt with for over 16 years. So it's kind of a one-trick pony. Um, um, outside of that, I married, 
to my best friend. We travel a lot. We do a lot of fun things. We're uh, scuba divers and cyclists, and um, we do fishing. We do a lot of fishing. We travel kind of the world to go fishing, and yeah, so good times. It's exciting. Well, we're lucky to have you here. That sounds like those activities make your insurance like make your insurance premiums a little higher, right? The, the life insurance thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and so you know, I have to admit that this is one of those episodes that we've been looking forward to for a while. No pressure, but <laughs> this was by popular request, so it's been suggested by some of the folks we work with that we do one of these. So I'm super excited to be talking about this, and this will have a long uh, a long life out there. And it, the it does interweb. tell you something about us and our listening audience when a topic on Medicare. Is is the most requested? I mean, that's by pretty some cool. Of, by some of our clients. By some of our clients, but it's, it's the most requested. Well, the parents of our clients. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the yeah. parents of clients are really important too. All right. So I'm, before we start zinging questions at you, so okay. like I told you up front, we like to have a little bit of fun to just kind of get the wheels turning. So this is still using questions. It, it is, just but we could type. we could go down the the, the Medicare. I don't want to call it a rat hole, but the, but that that maze rather quickly. Uh, and, we could and explore that fascinating topic in a little bit. We may not be, <laughs> we may not be able to stop once we get started. So, Brian, this is something we call the Evo Five, and uh, five questions to kind of oh goodness, um, okay, get your brain working. So, in no particular order, you ever watch Inside the Actor Studio? I have not. Okay, well then this that won't help. Okay, have you uh, ever seen a Saturday Night Live parody of it? I have seen very limited Saturday Night okay. Live. Okay, okay, so. Brian, what was your first job? Oh, goodness. My first job was just pretty much day laborer, uh, picking plants and weeds and all that kind of stuff, like uh, landscaping almost. And I have to point out, you're from Oklahoma, right? I am from Oklahoma. So a day laborer, that's picking weeds probably in a big big field or on some sort of a farm. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah, like um, big plantation type things. Um, yeah. yeah, big farms. But I was 13. Brian drives a big truck. I saw. It. <laughs> I do drive a big truck. Straight off the ranch. Hey, yes. What is your favorite word? Oh, I can't say that on the air. <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, I like him already. Yeah, my. Uh, I have to always warn people when they meet myself and my wife outside of the professional environment because my uh, some of our favorite words are not appropriate for uh, for podcasts, but my. My claim to fame, and my wife, she'll kill me after she hears this at some point, but I will say that she uses the F word like most people use the word um. Okay. <laughs> Keeping it country. So, yep. I have to say that's probably the best answer, one of the best answers we've heard on that word, on that particular question. It's pretty fascinating for how overly intelligent she is, and she <laughs> does anesthesia for a living, so. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to hear that in the operating room, though. That's probably not <laughs> the word you want to hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they know what they're doing, so I'm not about to argue there. That's but, right. All right, so this is this is a bit tricky. I would struggle with this one, but our last guest just nailed this one. So, oh, great. No pressure. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? Oh, that's easy. I'd at least be 81, 82, somewhere in there. Okay, and, right. and why is that at a high level? What would you say? Uh, I'm a pretty old soul just in general. I think it's because anybody and everybody I ever grew up with was well over the age of 70. So I grew up with my grandparents. Uh, my grandmother brought me on when she was 68 and I was six months old. So, you know, single mom at 75 is pretty tough for people. Wow. Very different uh, upbringing, I would imagine, but mm -hmm. probably shaped you to who you are today and probably helped create the career you're in. Huh? Or not oh, absolutely. The career, but These are my people. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest of all time. So 
goat. Have you heard the term goat before? Who's your goat? goat. In business, entertainment, sport, or frankly, anything else. Hmm. Greatest of all time. Jeez, I don't even know where to begin with that one. Let's see. This Let might me, me to... rephrase it. If you had to invite one person to dinner, <laughs> who would it be and why? Jeez, I wouldn't invite anybody to dinner. That's the problem, being introverted. So um, <laughs> I would say probably Warren Buffett, actually. You know, that kind of thing. So I, I'm, I'm interested always in investing in numbers and finance and things like that. So I would, I'd have to go with Warren Buffett. Is he from your uh, your area? He's pretty close. He's yeah. right up the road, right He's up thirty five. Omaha, right? Omaha, Nebraska. Completely different state, but I close. wonder which Medicare policy he has. He's Just probably curious. still on group. Yeah, he's probably yeah. That's, yeah, that's, say. that's the right answer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Which we'll get to later, right? Just because you're sixty five doesn't mean you're on a supplement, so we'll get there. That is true. He has an income related penalty. <laughs> All right, Brian. So here's our last question. This is what we call the name that tune section. Oh gosh, so it's going to be even worse we, uh, than the last one. Not knowing that you're an old soul, I did not pick a big band song. Okay. Um, but I think this kind of from your from your wheelhouse from uh, oh, no. back in the Midwest or farm country. Well, first, and, you uh, should ask him what kind of music he likes. I don't want to know until after. Okay. What kind of music do you like? Uh, mostly the James Taylor. Okay. Um, yeah. This may be a stretch, of, but yeah, classic, we'll deep classic. All right. So we like to make it into the theme of the podcast. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to play 10 or so seconds of this. And then, uh, by the way, um, we've only had one guest get the name that tune. Fantastic. And the second one got it with a hint. So, you know, the bar is not high. Okay. Here we go. I don't need your rocking chair. Your Geritol or your Medicare. Well, I still got neon in my veins. This gray hair don't mean a thing. That is fantastic. So I got to guess who that is. All right. So I would either guess kind of Hank Williams or Hank Williams. No. David Allen Coe. Older. Older. Merle Haggard. You're in the right. He's so right there. Oh, man. George. George Strait. George. Different George. George Jones. Oh, George Jones. Oh, my gosh. Anybody else? Anybody know the song title? Never heard of him. For real? For real. The song's never called... never heard of George <clears throat> I'm from Philadelphia. I don't need your rocking chair. I don't need your rocking chair. Which rock is chair. basically about, you know, just because I'm, I'm gonna older... I'm going to look that up. Don't, don't think that I'm old. Oh, no. So, it's a great t- tune, by the way. It's if a you, great uh, tune. And I do not know how you don't know who George Jones is. Don't know. Philadelphia. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Anyway, for all you listeners out there, go check it out. That particular version has Garth Brooks and uh, a couple other Nashville legends on backing vocals. Anyway, now that you've all tuned in to hear about Medicare, we should probably get into that. All right, cool. So, Brian, we talked a little bit about what you do in, uh, at a high level, but walk us through kind of when you meet with the client for the first time who has no idea what they're about to jump into, kind of give us a little bit of framework with the decision tree of I'm approaching 65 and I know I got to do a bunch of stuff because I'm not going to be covered medically like I used to be. What is at a high level where we start and we'll go from there? Well, let's see. If I'm brand new starting with somebody, a lot of time I, I tell people I'm kind of the last stop on the train. So when somebody's thinking about retiring, they've already started with the financial planning. They've started with a lot of things. They're trying to get their mortgage paid off. So they're kind of the last 
stop on the train is losing group health insurance and coming over to Medicare. So they're just trying to figure out what their health insurance is going to look like. And then there's another set of people who think, well, I'm going to keep working past the age of 65. So what do I need with my Medicare? Do I need to start it? Do I not need to start it? How's it going to play into my group plan? Is it better than my group plan? Is it worse than my group plan? So I just kind of figure out where people are and what they're looking to accomplish. I mean, if they are going to separate from service from their job and they're going to come over to Medicare, then we can talk about those options and which side of the road they're going to go down. Are they going to go down, you know, the Medicare supplement route, the Medicare Advantage route, and just kind of start going down that kind of decision tree. So let's assume that I'm 65, or let's use Penny as an example because she's closer, but 65. Uh, I know I've got a file for something called Medicare, right? Mm-hmm. So explain a little bit about part A, part B, part C, D, and, and at a high level, and we can go from there. Okay, well, let's talk about filing real quick okay. um, because that's one of the biggest misnomers I hear all the time is for people. Um, they get told by all their friends and family and things like that, oh, well, you're going to have to, you're turning 65, you have to register for Medicare. And that's actually not true, not at all. You don't have to register at all ever for Medicare. I don't care how old you are. Now, if you need Medicare, that's a little different Then you're going to have to enroll and do some things. So um, most people do for the record. Yeah. Most people do make a lot of Medicare mistakes. Um, So when they're coming in, let's say that you're retiring and you are 65, then yes, and you do need Medicare. You're going to register for Medicare. You're going to pick up part A, which is hospitalization insurance. And then you're going to pick up part B, which is medical insurance. Think of part B as outpatient services. So that kind of thing. Now part A, so we tell folks, or at least I do, I can't speak today, but you know, when you turn 65, you need to register for Medicare part A at a minimum, especially if you're still working and you're shaking your head. So tell me, tell me about what I'm doing incorrectly there. Yeah. So when people are on group plans and they don't really need Medicare, you got to be careful about registering for a couple of things. Um, number one, for Part A, it, it's okay if you have a group plan. The group plan has more than 20 employees and you are not contributing money to a health savings account. Because what happens is I see a lot of people, the health savings accounts are becoming much more popular these days. And if you sign up for Part A and you're contributing money to a health savings account, you kind of have to stop that immediately. But aren't most people required under their uh, group plan to file, to register, I'm going to use a different verb, to register for Part A uh, at 65? No. No? So as long as the group plan has more than 20 employees, more likely than not, you should just not do anything. Hmm. The only time you should really sign up or register for Part A is if you're part of a group plan, more than 20 employees, and you are not contributing money to a health savings account. Because if you're not, or if your employer is not you know, contributing to a health savings account, then you might as well pick up Part A because then you're hospitalization under Medicare would be secondary to your group plan. And that's, it doesn't cost you anything to have part A at that point. So go ahead, Dave. Well, I was going to say, so already you've got a couple decision points that I think the average person out there is not going to know to ask. Am I 
going to be working beyond age 65? If yes, then I have to ask, do I work for an employer where there are more than 20 people in the plan? And right there, I think most people are like, wow, that's new information to me. So who generally do people, like, can people go into the Social Security office and get that advice? Obviously, they can get an advice from a professional like you. Where, where do people find these things out? Just to know the right questions to ask. It, it's pretty brutal. I mean, because I was just on an appointment yesterday and the poor lady signed her and her husband up when she read things on the Medicare.gov site. But reading something and comprehending is completely different. So she thought she read something and she read it wrong and ended up really kind of messing up the Medicare side of things. So what happens if you do something like that? Like if you, to John's point earlier, you know, you're, you're working, you're in a plan with over 20 people and you register for Medicare and you keep on working. Are, Are these mistakes ones that cost you money? So they could cost you money if you pick up part B, as in Bravo, of Medicare. That could cost you not only a bit of money, but it can also cost you the ability to buy certain plans later. It literally kicks you out of the ability to buy certain plans wow. later in life. Yeah, so that can be a pretty, you know, devastating information to understand. But I'm thinking maybe, so we're probably getting into the deep cuts now. Yeah. But back to John, your point about, so you're 64, mm-hmm. you're turning 65, questions that people need to think about. So I... We'll kind of do the if, this, and that. So then if I'm 65 and I'm still working and there's more than 20 employees at my work and I'm not contributing money to a health savings account or my employer is not contributing money to a health savings account, then if it's me, I'm going to go ahead and register and pick up Part A only. And I wouldn't even carry my Medicare card. I would get a Medicare card. It's going to say Part A hospitalization on it. Mm -hmm. And I would put that in a file folder and not even carry that card because that card. If you're hospitalized and it's the backup to your existing group coverage. That's right. Okay. And all those bills can be billed later and refiled later. So now what if you're turning 65 and you're going to be saying sayonara to the office, never going to have to go in again. At least you're not planning on it. Yeah. What's the next? Yeah. Cause I think that's, that's what I see most now is, is that people are, aren't working even t- until 65. So right. once I get right. to 65, it's like, great, I made it that far. <laughs> Don't now, have to pay my private health, right. health insurance. Now I'm getting a brutal, big, yeah. big benefit here. Tell me that duckies and horsies. Duckies and horsies. Yeah, so where, where so if I'm already retired, I'm not on a group plan and I'm turning 65. Well, if I'm currently receiving social security of any form, spouse, widows, whatever, mm-hmm. If I'm getting Social Security, I will automatically be enrolled into Part A and Part B of Medicare. So that's great. I get an ID card about three months and a week before my 65th birthday. Even if you're not getting Social Security, you could be getting a spousal benefit. Or if you're a widow or widower, you could be getting the surviving spouse benefit. Right. As long as you are getting a a check from Social Security. You don't have to do a thing. You don't have to do a thing, which is wonderful. You just get an ID card and get some letters in the mail. But that's not what I see a lot of times because I see a lot of people who are retired, but they're not electing to take their social security benefits sure. right now. Right. They're going to wait until they're 66 or maybe 70 Most sometimes. Most of the folks we work with. Yep. Yeah. So for those people, you have to manually enroll into Medicare. And the way that you do that is actually going to ssa.gov. So social security administration.gov. And then you enroll into Medicare through that website. It's very easy. And then in about 
a couple of weeks, you get your red, white, blue Medicare card. Now, the earliest you can do that is exactly three months before your birth month. So if you're born in April, you can sign up at the earliest January 1st. And now signing up, so is that is it abundantly clear that A and B happen at the same, that, that it, you're doing both at that time? And does it give you a pretty clear, obviously I have not signed up myself. Yes. It's so it is, a, it's very clear. So it will literally ask you numerous times, do you want both? And the Got word it. both is capitalized. Yeah. So, yeah. And so that sounds really easy, but I would think that people would go to the medicare.gov website and click sign up. Well, that is would it the make, same thing or nope. no. So that's the wrong answer. Yeah, that's the wrong answer. Is that a private site? No, no. Medicare.gov is a great website, but that deals with Medicare. So yeah. think about Medicare as just regular health insurance. Yeah. And then where do you normally get health insurance? Typically through your job. Who's yeah. your job? Mm, it's kind of offensive, but sometimes I just say, think of Social Security like it's a job. You're going to get your health insurance through your job, Social Security. So you actually mm-hmm. enroll in your health insurance, Medicare, through Social Security. Okay. So I want to go to what's next, but let me ask you a question. So you, you forget to sign up. Mm. Tell me about penalties ominous answer (laughs) at a high level uh, because i want to move on but what is the what are the pitfalls there so there's a lot of different pitfalls for not signing up for certain things when you're supposed to sign up for them so really quick high level if you don't sign up for medicare when you're supposed to sign up for medicare which is when you are not covered by a group plan with more than 20 employees if you're over 20 you're fine under 20 this is not so great so you really need to and have to sign up for both parts of Medicare, Part A and Part B. And if you don't do that within the three months before your birth month, your birth month, and then three months following your birth month. So you got seven months to get this figured out. If you don't do it then, then later when you finally figured out that you kind of needed to do that, well, you're going to be penalized for the rest of your life on a higher Medicare rates. But the other issue with that is if you didn't sign up when you're supposed to sign up, you can't just go down and sign up later. You have to wait until the first quarter of every year, which is the Medicare general enrollment period, January 1st through March 31st. You sign up during that period, and then it doesn't start until July 1st. So the kind of the worst thing is, yeah, the penalty is bad, but not having any insurance for mm-hmm. however many months that is, that could be even worse. So I've got a shiny Medicare card now. I got part A and part B. Mm-hmm. So I got hospital coverage and I got physician coverage. Mm-hmm. But as everybody probably knows, there's a lot more that comes after that, especially if you're coming from a group plan. So what are the next set of choices that we have from here? Well, from here, um, you know, you want to talk about paying for it much at all? I mean, so you, you have been prepaying for part A, your hospitalization, you have to then start paying for Part B. And currently in 2018, the base rate for Part B is $134. Unless you're a higher income earner, then it will start ratcheting up on you fairly quickly. Uh, we won't get into that too much, but there are income-related penalties with Medicare. And that so, income just, it's about $80,000, right? It's where it starts to ratchet up. Yeah. For an individual, it's around 80, actually it's around $107,000 as an individual. For a married couple, the first bump is $170,000 of income. Um, and it can really start. And that income escalating. includes your social security? That includes every single thing. And Everything it's on no deductions, no anything. It's top line. Yeah. So okay. anything that's provable. Um, and that gets you, in a nutshell, high level, 
80% coverage with your doctors and hospitals and MRIs and lab work and all that stuff. So you got 80% coverage. Okay. The, The only bad thing that I found with Medicare is there's no limit on the leftover 20%. I mean, most people have group coverage and they've had a group plan for a while and they might have had a surgery and they've capped out their plan at some point. And you've heard people say, oh, I've hit my limit. I don't have to make any more payments the rest of the year. Well, that's great. Medicare does not have a limit on the 20%. So it could really add up. That's why people end up purchasing a Medicare supplement plan, also called a Medigap, or they opt to go onto the Medicare Advantage program. Those are two totally separate things. So this is where you get into the the bus and the cars, right? Yeah, the cars and the so buses. Got, I'm going to pull it back. So you got A, B, now C, Medicare Part C is the Medicare Advantage plan. So you have mm-hmm. a choice. Actually, you have three choices. One is do nothing, <laughs> yeah. right? Two is you can go the Medicare Advantage route, which mm-hmm. is Part C, or the supplement route, which you've talked about. Mm-hmm. So you did a great job of explaining to me, and I understood it, so that's got to be pretty good. Help us through that decision uh, process there. Okay, so um, Medicare supplement versus Medicare Advantage. So how I explain Medicare um, and the options for that is when you're looking at the Medicare and you handbook, that's literally what you will get in the mail. You'll also see a lot of other literature. But um, when you see these two options, it literally says option one and option two. Well, option one is on the left-hand side of the road is what I call it to help people remember. So the left-hand side of the road is what I call the personal car, like an automobile. All right, why is it like a car? Well, it's because it costs more money to drive your own car. It's more expensive, but it is a luxury. You get to go wherever you want to go, whenever you want to be there. It's wonderful. It just costs more money. That's the Medicare supplement route. You would have three separate ID cards that you would have to show everybody all your providers, all of your pharmacy, everything. So you'd show your Medicare card and your Medicare would be primary. You would have a secondary card, which would be your Medicare supplement. And then you'd have a third card, which would be your prescription drug card. So you have three different policies, three separate plans, three separate ID cards, and three separate payments. But with that, it's wonderful. You can go to any doctor at any time in America, give them your red, white, and blue card. And as long as they're just willing to bill Medicare, you can go. It's easy. But it does cost more money. On the other side of the road is something that I call um, the bus. Nothing wrong with a bus. It's Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is also known as Part C. Now, it doesn't really, but the Part C, the C, stands for combines, if you want to think of it that way, because it's combining all of your Medicare benefits underneath one ID card. So you don't have three, you just show one. You would show a Medicare Advantage plan. Those plans are offered through private insurance companies, Humana, Aetna, Cigna, whomever kind of thing, United Healthcare. So then you'd have that one card and you would have to go to the doctors in that network. It's more like traditional health insurance, but it's kind of like the bus because it does save money. It's a whole lot cheaper to ride transportation, public transportation, but it's not as convenient. You can't always go where you want to go when you want to go because there's referrals and authorizations. There's also networks of doctors that you have to make sure that the doctor you want to go see is covered. And if the doctor you want to see is not covered, you got to pick up doctor that is covered by your plan. So that's kind of the high level main difference of Medicare supplements, like a car, Medicare advantages, like a bus. And if somebody gets on the bus, 
they're done. They don't. They're they can stop there. They don't have to sign up for anything else. They've signed up for A, B, C all by signing up for C. Right. If they decide that they don't and they want a car, now how do they go about that? They've gone on to social ssa.gov. You know, they're 64 and nine months. They go on to ssa.gov. They sign up for A and B. Mm-hmm. They need Medicare supplement policy. Right. And they also need something else we haven't talked about that I think you were probably going to next, which is D. Correct. So, so what are the next steps for that person who wants the car? So that person is going to need to find usually somebody, hopefully, that specializes in Medicare because um, there are a lot of dabblers out there. But you want to find somebody who is an expert in your area in Medicare. And by doing that, then they're going to be able to do multiple different insurance companies instead of just one company. And they're also going to be able to look at the zip code you live in, your age, the county, all that kind of stuff to find the right Medicare supplement plan and also the right prescription drug plan for you. And I'm glad you brought that because somebody in your area. So, you know, my sister lives in Manhattan, right? Mm -hmm. She's going to be turning 65 at some point. You couldn't necessarily be the guy. Right. Because healthcare health insurance, state to state, has different providers. It's very different. Okay. Yeah, so very how, different. how do people find a you? How do, like, if, if what, they're out of our, right, you yeah. know, Richmond area, you know? Um, there's a couple of different websites. I think there's a Medicare supplement insurance agent lookup, literally. So, I mean, you can find um, different directories. But usually if you put in your zip code and then you type in the words, you know, Medicare insurance expert, Medicare insurance advisor, you know, that kind of thing, then it's going to start pulling up people. Now, um, how do they tell if somebody's a dabbler or not? Like, how do you find somebody's Is that a checkbox next right? to their name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It says dabbler. Um, well, you want it to be their first line of business, you know. Okay. Um, but if, if you walk in and, and they start talking about, you know, annuities or life insurance or, you know, a lot of other things, they're, they're really not focused on what needs okay. to be focused on. Yeah. But, you know, if they say, oh, well, I do group insurance and this insurance and individual, you know, you want their first line of business to be Medicare. It's okay if they do some things else, I guess, but you, you want it to be their first line. Okay. So they need to get their Medicare supplement coverage. They need to get their Part D. What are some of the things that they need to be thinking about now? So on that left-hand side of the road on the personal car, they need to start looking at the individualized in terms of supplements. Okay, so what supplement do you want? Well, the great thing about supplements is they are standardized. So a Medicare supplement known as a Medigap plan is 100% standardized. So that's that weird-looking chart. There's a table that is in the Medicare uh, handbook. It's in a lot of things. It's that thing that starts with A and ends with N as in Nancy. And those are the currently available Medicare supplement plans. And then you just have to pick a plan. So Medicare supplements are done by a four-letter word called plan. And you can get a plan F as in Frank, a plan G as in Gary, a plan N as in Nancy. So those are the three most commonly sold plans currently. But you would not really want to get a Medicare supplement plan A, which can be confused with Medicare part A, but we won't get into it. But just a a plan A 
doesn't cover. Yeah, not, as- not that anybody out there at the other end of our <laughs> podcast can see, but we've got our iPod or iPad here with. Uh, I see the grid. The grid right in front yeah. of us, and you know, we're, we're people who deal with this kind of stuff, and just looking at this, it just makes your head spin, right? And so I, I worry about the person who doesn't generally look at this kind of stuff, and you know, how's somebody going to make a determination? I mean, they have no idea what the left-hand side of So that let me ask you a question. Uh, so when you say it's standardized, you may mm-hmm. not have said that word, but that's what I heard. It's standardized across state, right? So regardless of what state you're in, mm-hmm. the A plan is an A plan or whatever. But it's standardized across carrier, meaning insurance company, right? So you mm-hmm. can go to whatever insurance company maybe gives you the best price. So now at least I know that I can take that variable off the table. So finding the right letter for me at a high level, you mentioned some of the most popular ones. Can you highlight some of the major factors that would factor in to someone mm-hmm. deciding a, you know, a one plan versus another? Yeah, I mean, I kind of do take people down that road and explain how those different plans work. But just to clarify, a plan F, which is most commonly sold, it is exactly the same benefits with different companies. So if if it's company A versus company B, if it's a plan F, it is the identical same benefits, but each company will charge a different monthly payment. So one company is going to charge a higher rate than the others. And the other thing that people forget about is these plans go up in price every single year. So you want to be very careful because some of the companies who start off really low have a history. Like a teaser rate or something. It is huh? just like a oh, teaser boy. rate and they just keep skyrocketing and that's unfortunate too. So you want to go on past performance. I know it doesn't, you know, determine future results kind of <laughs> things, but um, it does at least give you some, you know. Uh, so don't go for the lowest price alone. You have to not always. Deeper. Yeah. Okay. Um, but when you're talking about a plan F, like I said, that's the one that's mostly sold. You know, my horrible joke with that is friends don't let friends buy a plan F. Um, it's just way overpriced for what you get. Um, most people are then pushed towards a plan in, as in Nancy, and a plan in is perfectly fine as long as people understand what those benefits are and then also what it's missing because it is actually missing a couple of things. So it's cheaper. Uh, so oh, it's definitely cheaper. sold over F. F is like the Cadillac. I guess you can't say that these days. It's the Mercedes-Benz. Is that, is that the... That's the nicer, one of the nicer supplements. Right. It's a really overpriced Mercedes. Okay. I mean, I, okay. yeah, you can still have a Mercedes, but you don't have to. It's like the Maybach. The, <laughs> there we yeah. Go. There so, we go. Right. so somebody's looking at these plans. Uh, and one thing that people sometimes think about is like some of them cover if you travel internationally a lot. And so there's some kind of attributes of like, do I have a pre-existing condition or what type of lifestyle do I live? What are some of the main things that people need to consider when they're looking between these well the because the benefits are standardized they're going to be exactly the same so like the foreign travel please just buy traveler's insurance medicare doesn't cover anything out of the united states it really doesn't look at your passport it even says it on there you know you have medicare you're going out of state best of luck you know um paraphrasing obviously um but now all of these supplement plans they will have benefits for out of the country now it's a reimbursable, so you still got to pay your claims in Ireland and come back, bring your receipts, and then turn them into your insurance company. So Ireland won't let you leave unless you paid your bill. So that's when traveler's insurance comes into play, which they, that in traveler's insurance, would then pay your claims over there, and then you can come back. So totally but, different 
thing from this discussion. Okay. Right, right. Okay. So something that you brought up uh, a couple days back when we spoke was, I changed my mind, right? So I, I, I have buyer's remorse. Now I've got this F plan and I want to change. And maybe contrast that with if you're on the bus and Medicare Advantage plan. There's some interesting things there that people should be aware of. Absolutely. That's what most people have no idea about. Uh, and that catches them off guard pretty, pretty regularly. So let's talk about supplements real quick. So a Medicare supplement plan, they have to take you when you turn 65. So the day you turn 65 up to six months. So you got 65 birthday. So 65 and a half and one day you're out. You don't, they don't have to take you. There are certain states that still make them take you, but in, in Virginia, that's not the case. You have to go through underwriting. You have to go through medical questions. And if you wanted to switch from company A, plan F supplement, and you want to go to another company's plan F supplement, you have to medically qualify and they don't have to take you. So, so make sure you like the insurance company. You better really like them because that's what you're, you're going to be pretty much married to. Yep. So... That's fine because it's a guaranteed contract the rest of your life. But then what if you do want to change? All right. Well, people think that you have to wait till an enrollment period. It's not true on a supplement. So when you have a supplement, you can change your supplement plan any time of year. You just have to be able to medically qualify to get the new plan. So if you wanted to move from one carrier to a different insurance company, you just have to fill out an application and see if they'll take you. And if they will, congratulations. But you mentioned about the bus. All right. So the Medicare Advantage program, it does save people money each month because the monthly payments for those plans are a fair amount lower than supplements are. So people who are 65, they're 70, they're healthy, they're still perfectly fine. Maybe they go to the doctor a few times a year, but I mean, who doesn't? That's pretty simple. But then they get sick. And then the Advantage plans kind of start losing their luster a little bit because then they have co-payments for everything. You have a copay when you go to the specialist, you have a copay and an MRI and for ambulances and all these things. And these copays start racking up and then pretty soon the copays are so much higher than you would have paid on a supplement all of a sudden for that particular year. And then people go, gosh, I, I want one of those supplements mm -hmm. now. Uh, you can't really do that because remember you have to medically qualify for a supplement. So about the time you really don't like your Advantage plan, that's the time it's too late. Because oh, now that you're paying co-pays, going to the doctors because you're sick, you're sick and you don't qualify for a supplement. So it's hard to, it's really difficult to leave the Medicare Advantage program and go pick up a Medicare supplement plan later in life. So this all kind of points to, when you're 64 years old, you need to start thinking about this so that you don't make a last minute decision where you don't have the time to engage advice and select the right timing for A and B and then determine if you're going to go on the bus or a Medicare Advantage or whether you want to get a Medicare supplement policy and which Medicare supplement policy you want and what carrier you want to go with. If you make all those decisions appropriately prior to turning 65, you're good. If you don't, it's going to be a hassle and potentially cost you. Absolutely. Later on. But you yep. can do it. It's just there's going to be some hoops to jump through. Right. Okay. And I don't want to oversimplify this or gloss over it, but in terms of changing, so you talk about it have to be medically underwritten mm -hmm. um, or qualify. 
I mean, and my my understanding is that that is not easy to even do. What are, what are the uh, let's set the expectation for folks who are listening if if they want to change. Yes, it is possible, but how likely is it that one they'll qualify and two that they can afford the premium now that they've had to go through medical? It's pretty unlikely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as a blanket statement, it's going to be pretty unlikely because, really? oh yeah, I mean, it, it's small things that people don't even realize. You know, it's like having osteoporosis medication and you have an injection once a year and you don't even remember about it. Well, that's that's a automatic decline. Wow. It's taking cert- certain medications for rheumatoid or just for arthritis. You know, a lot of people have arthritis and they're not even 60 years yeah. old, but, yeah. you know, some of those medications are going to be an automatic decline. So this is the toughest underwriting that... I've heard of. Oh yeah, like, this is just. Yeah. You're talking about an insurance company. You have a hangnail. You're done. You're out. Yeah, you had a cold last winter. That's it. You're you're not coming over to our carrier. If, if you only had the regular things, and I say regular things like high blood pressure and high cholesterol, and say everybody has those things pretty much these days. So if you have those, you're pretty much fine. Um, but other than that, as soon as it starts getting into heart conditions, diabetes, you know, osteoporosis, you know, that kind of stuff, it's very unlikely. So you want to set the expectation that you want to do your homework the first time, right? Oh, because yeah. it's it's not going to get any easier. So you don't want people thinking, oh, every year I can go change during open enrollment. That's what their friends right? say. Yeah, Because right. that's what the commercials say. That's know? what the commercials so, say. Okay. Yep. All right. Now, here's another, oh, actually, two, one, one quick question. So what if I move? So, you know, people relocate. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that do to my my plan? Well, if you're on the left-hand side, if you're on the car, so if you're on Medicare with a supplement and a drug plan, you're going to be mostly fine. All right, so Medicare is nationwide. So you can take that card anywhere, and that card is your primary, so you're fine. The other is your Medicare supplement plan, and that's guaranteed for the rest of your life. So you can move with that, and it moves with you. Now, the price will change on your supplement based on where you move. Because that's the zip code thing, right? Yeah, it's that's a zip code okay. thing. Yep. Um, but you don't have to change your plan. It just goes with you and it can change in price. All right. So there's the second card. The third card is a drug plan. So your prescription drug part D card. If you move out of state, you have to change your drug plan. The drug plans are only good for the state you live in. Now, if you live, if you move within the state, you're fine. Don't worry about it. On the Medicare Advantage program, uh, that's a little different because those are done by county. So if you move from one county to another uh, county, your Medicare Advantage plan might very well cancel on you. And you don't really think about that because you got so many other things when you're thinking about when you're moving. And next thing you know, you go to the pharmacy and you hand them your card and you've been canceled because you moved from one county to another county and that plan's not available in your county. So if you do move, just check. That's got to be a big problem with people who are moving from their home into a continuing care facility or just a... Closer to the grandkids or they just tired of the heat. But that's only for Medicare Advantage. If you have A, B, D, and a Medicare supplement policy through a private carrier, moving within the state's not an issue. It's only when you move out of state where you need to consider your Part D carrier. Correct. Okay, good. Now, another analogy you mentioned back to the bus is let's say that happens and you get canceled. I don't want to steal the punchline from your bus analogy, <laughs> but I can get out of that seat, right, without any penalty, and I can go to a different seat and get on another plane without underwriting, correct? 
Kind of. So so how that works, and my analogy with the bus is- Did on I totally the, screw that up? No, you're fine. You're okay. Fine, you're right. so, <laughs> so the Medicare Advantage program, so how that is, is uh, the way I say it's kind of like a bus, is once you go onto the bus, once you go on the Medicare Advantage program, then you got to kind of tap the driver on the shoulder because you're not driving the bus. So you can't go wherever you want to go. You have to go to the network of doctors. All right. But then you look and you got to find a seat on the bus. And in this analogy, the different seats are represented by the different plans. So Humana will have a couple of plans, maybe Anthem, Blue Cross and Blue Shield. You have United Healthcare and Aetna. They, they all offer seats on the bus. All of the seats are going to work the same way. They all have co-pays. They all have networks of doctors and things like that. So you just have to pick your seat. So you take a seat and let's say you pick a Blue Cross seat. All right. Well, that's your plan. That's your Advantage plan all year long. At the end of the year during the enrollment period, which is October 15th until December the 7th, which is Pearl Harbor Day. Um, so during that window of time, if you're on the Medicare Advantage program and you're on your seat, you can stand up from your seat on the bus. You can look at the other Medicare Advantage seats that are available in your area and you can pick a different seat on the bus. You can pick a different Advantage plan. You're not getting off the bus, though, because that's when people think, oh, I can I can switch to a supplement. Well, I don't know. How tall are you? How chubby are you? Do you, do you have any medical problems? You might not be able to get a supplement at that point. So you can change seats on the bus. Now, if you move out of your area, like we talked about earlier, you moved out of a different county, and then your Advantage plan that you came from is not offered in that county, well, then... The bus driver looks away just for a moment and you can get off the bus and you can get onto a Medicare supplement plan, but that's a 63 day window. And if you miss that window, you better be getting back on that bus. Wow. Because when you move outside of your plans service area, then you have something called a guaranteed issue right to purchase a Medicare supplement plan. It's like a qualifying event for people in regular insurance prior to 65. Yeah, it's like a 63 really days special nice opportunity. Number. You, know, you got to wonder how they think of these things. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, two 31-day months plus a, a weekend day or something. But I had a lady, she just moved down here from New York, actually, and um, she moved closer to her family. Well, she was on an Advantage plan up in New York, and... You know, she says, well, what can I get? I said, well, you have one shot right now to pick up a Medicare supplement plan, and they have to give it to you. And, of course, she said, what? She said, what, a few times because she has Alzheimer's and she moved down to be with her uh, daughter. So her daughter said, well, let's just go ahead and put her on a supplement now because, remember, you can move from a Medicare supplement plan and you can get on the Medicare Advantage program later. So you can always hop on the bus as long as you don't have kidney failure, which most people don't have kidney failure. But nonetheless, it's easy to park the car and hop on the bus. Okay. So I have one more question, and then I, we'll go around the table because I want to uh, make sure we get uh, get all other questions in. But I get asked this question all the time from people. What about my vision and my dental coverage? So Good what, do, what do we need to think about uh, when we're coming off of private coverage? Okay, so really quickly about um, Medicare and health insurance and dental and vision. So uh, think of Medicare just like you did at work. Your group plan was medical. And then if you wanted dental, you added dental at work. If you wanted vision, you picked up vision at work. Medicare is the same thing. It's all a cart. 
if you want medical, you get your Medicare, you get supplements, you get Advantage plans, whatever it is. That's the medical side. But then let's talk about dental. Medicare doesn't cover dental. So if you want a dental insurance plan, go out and buy dental insurance. And you don't have to buy it from the same company who sold you a supplement plan. You can go through all different types of dental insurance Just companies. Just if you were 35 years old it's exactly or 60, like you're 35. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because that's generally the time of life when people are having more expensive dental procedures. Right. So good, good one for people to remember, but it's detached from this whole Medicare, Medicare sub. And you can buy it any time of year. People think, again, you got to sign up for dental plans at a certain time of year. You can buy a dental plan any time of year. So don't worry about that. Vision insurance is kind of, and so this is my opinion, but it's really a waste of money. It really is. I mean, by the time you pay your premiums and they give you up to $100 towards your glasses, it's kind of a ripoff. But um, so with vision, your medical conditions of your eyes are going to be covered by Medicare so or your Advantage plan either way. So like your retinopathy, macular degeneration, cataracts, glaucoma. Anything an ophthalmologist is handling, but if you're right. going to an optician, that's where the insurance would kick in. Um, yeah, the vision insurance. But yeah, as long as you go to an ophthalmologist, then you're going to be covered for almost every bit of that exam except for the refraction exam, which Medicare does not cover. Okay. Some Advantage plans do, though. Okay, check. So I'm going to look around the table here, and Brian, I'll give you the last word too. Uh, Dave, Penny, any last uh, thoughts for our questions for Brian before I give him the mic? I have a quick one. This happens uh, with some folks that we work for. So, or, yeah, some folks that we work with or for. My employer has a, has a retiree health benefit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what that there's probably like an hour's worth of discussion around what type and what do they cover and so forth. Generally, those are falling into the Medicare supplement category. Uh, no, so some of those, some of them fall under Medicare supplements. Some of them fall underneath Medicare Advantage plans, and then some of them are just flat group retiree plans. So okay. that's a big difference. So and some of them are just we're going to offset the premiums. You send us your your payment and we're going to give you money to offset the premiums. Mm-hmm. And then you can go outside and buy it from wherever, but then some corporations make you go through certain call centers to be able to get that reimbursement and you have to go through those companies. So I'm going to ask the Another listeners podcast. a question. You're right. So how's everybody feeling out there? Are you guys clear on all this? Just so you know, we're going to put Brian's content information on our blog. Uh, so if you have any specific questions, uh, you can reach out to Brian uh, discreetly as well. But Brian, anything uh, you'd like to add before uh, we sign off? What are your thoughts? Uh, the only thing I would say to just be wary about is friends and golfing buddies and all kinds of things because what works for some person might not work for you. And just be really aware of what you need to do when you need to do it. And the best time to prepare is when you're turning 64 soon as you hit 64, start getting some real information from people who specialize in this. Not a human resource person, not a brother who's gone through it before. Just for your certain circumstances, figure it out. Great. Good advice. Everybody, Brian Gay of Boomer Insurance Group. Thank you so Uh, much. Thank you for being here. Really helpful. Just a quick reminder, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean. Check us out on Twitter or Instagram at EvoFi Podcast, or at, uh, you can email us any ideas for future shows or questions, Podcast at gmail.com. And again, check out our blog, uh, and we'll put uh, Brian's contact information out there for you. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Everybody have a great one. See you.